your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day, and as always, we are available 24-7 on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. On tonight's podcast, through a couple of games, I thought I would talk about what I've noticed with the Jets in terms of their preseason performance and what I think it might mean for the rest of the season, what I expect from the rest of preseason, and I'll kind of give like a breakdown of what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been a little bit undecided for me. But first, we'll start off with the bad. I always like to get the bad out of the way first so that you close out on a happier note and some reasons for optimism, because for the most part, I tend to think the good outweighs the bad in general. But let's start off with the uh, the biggest issue that I think the Jets are going to face this year, and it's that Josh Morrissey is just really bad. If you were hoping that the last couple of years were more of an aberration than a trend, unfortunately I'm not really seeing much in his game that suggests otherwise. I wish that he was a lot better than he is, but unfortunately it just seems like he's not really the top 4D the Jets had signed long term, and I don't think Schmidt is going to do enough to really bail him out. I thought Nate was okay and solid at times in his first game, but it wasn't the kind of performance where I look at that and think, oh yeah, Josh is totally going to vibe with him, and I think that's going to work out. The only player that uh, that Josh really seems to work with is Dylan DeMello, because DeMello can probably make like a, a rock look serviceable as a D-pairing partner. So aside from that, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more from Josh, but it just seems like he's not really sure how to do anything of what you would expect him to, right? A lot of the, the decisions that he made and the, the moves that he made when he was in possession of the puck, the shots he took, some of the defensive misreads, I, I'm just so accustomed to it now that I don't really see it being something he can reverse. The only way that this really turns around is if Dylan DeMello is his long-term partner. But unfortunately, it just seems like the team doesn't really want to run Morrissey DeMello, and instead we're going to see Morrissey Schmidt more likely And unless Schmidt can pull off like a miracle and basically carry that pairing, I have a feeling the top pairing is going to get caved in. There was a moment in a previous game, I think it was against the Oilers, where uh, Edmonton almost scored thanks to Schmidt pinching along the walls, which, you know, Schmidt is at liberty to do. Normally, a D-man can get aggressive and try to seal off the opportunity before it forms, but the pass was uh, basically pulled off perfectly, and Josh Morrissey should have been on the left side guarding the net area, but instead was just completely AWOL. And I'm not sure if that was an issue of, like, mixed assignments or something, but either way, this pairing definitely needs to work a lot together, and, and maybe we'll see if they eventually start to sort things out, but off the top of my head, I kind of feel like this is probably one of the biggest problems going into uh, this coming season. Josh's performance just isn't looking like it's going to be stellar, unfortunately, so I'm kind of setting my expectations low. We'll see if he can kind of surmount those and have a bounce-back year, but, you know, I I wouldn't expect a whole lot, to be honest. Um, I think that's probably the most realistic outcome, and believe it when I say I would love to be wrong so much. The other thing I would love to be wrong about is the top line, which uh, Connor Shifley-Wheeler just doesn't really look all that great. 
I know it's just a couple of games into preseason and they've only played against Edmonton, but this line is like tried, true, and we all know what they do, right? There's uh, goal scoring at even strength. They have some power play scoring ability, but they tend to just bleed chances on the ice. Now, in Shifley's defense, he actually made a couple of really good defensive plays, which in previous seasons he might not have. That's more of what I want to see from him. I think if he can do that kind of stuff more routinely, that'd be great. Um, Kyle Connor, I just felt he was okay. He did have a goal in that one game thanks to some really good positioning and a fortunate pass across the slot, but other than that, I, I don't really notice him as much. Um, it's one of those situations where we all kind of know what you get with him. He's a pure shooter, more or less, one of the best matchup guys in the league, but when it comes to other parts of his game, it's still a little bit deficient. There was a period last year where it seemed like his game was growing a bit, and then he sort of did a retrograde back to what we're used to with him, which it's not the worst necessarily, it's just defensively, well, yeah, he actually is the worst in the league when it comes to forwards, but, you know, I guess he can kind of excuse a little bit thanks to his goal scoring, but... At the same time, you have to have at least a bare minimum level of defensive work, and unfortunately, it's just not there right now. I think the biggest concern for me, though, on that line is going to be Wheeler. Blake just doesn't really look up to speed, and if he's going to be playing like 25 minutes a night or even like 20 plus, I'm a little bit concerned about that. I don't know if Blake is going to be able to handle that workload. I know that as the captain, he really wants to lead on the ice, but it just seems like age is catching up to him quickly. I think he can be a valuable player on this team in the right role, but it's just not on the first line, and that's kind of the biggest issue. Maurice is going to keep turning to that line, the uh, the best on best, as he likes to say, but I think at this stage of his career, Blake actually needs reduced minutes. I would probably say that second or third line minutes would be best. Or, if you're going to have him playing a lot, at least play him on a line that more suits his speed. If you have, like, Stastny and some other guys with him, maybe players who aren't super fleet of foot, but who can help him with passing and distribution and stuff, I think that would work out a lot more. Blake can definitely still be a playmaker on this team, it's just he can't do it at speed. And frankly, Shifley and Connor kind of need a faster linemate, somebody who can keep up with them. When they're, you know, fully unleashed and allowed to essentially break out at the top speed that they can, they're nearly unstoppable in offense. I mean, that's a line that, with the right linemate, can absolutely undress most defenses. So, Unfortunately, I think it's time for Wheeler to come off the first, but I know that that's not going to happen. And if his performance continues to decline like it has been the past couple of years, I think the biggest thing we're going to have to see is the other lines really carrying the slack, because that first line is really going to struggle. Now, as grim as that sounds, I am slightly more optimistic about the depth lines this year. I think the Jets might have a couple of gems in players that might be able to carry the load, and we'll talk about why this might benefit Winnipeg in just a little bit. But, uh, of course, up next, I'm going to talk about the stuff that I'm a little bit undecided on. Maybe some things that I need to see a bit more of before I, I really get excited about it. But before we get into the uh, the mixed review stuff, I thought I would tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag is the best place for all your online betting needs. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. 
Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. That online, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible with device required. Content varies by package. Go to directtv.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making us your first listener of the day as we explore Winnipeg's opening couple of preseason games and some stuff that I'm happy about, some stuff that I'm unsure about, and some stuff that makes me a little bit worried. I got the bad stuff out of the way, though, because I always like to clear out the uh, the crud before you get to the really good stuff. You know, get get the unpleasantness over with and talk about the stuff that you're happy about. This part, though, I thought might be a little bit more of an uncertain time. I think this is kind of where I need to see a little bit more before I get excited about something, maybe because there are some signs that it's not going to be super sustainable, or I just have some longer-term concerns about how it's going to play out. One of the things that I'm a little bit ambivalent about is how Veselainen has been used so far. I feel like they're really trying to use him as like this big, bruising power forward, somebody who's very tall and can kind of grind along the walls, which... It's not that Veselainen, you know, can't do that. It's just I don't really think it's the best way to use him. You know, Vesa is definitely like a highly skilled shooter and playmaker. So having him kind of do the bang and crash hockey, I don't know that it's like the best use of his skill sets. He can definitely do some of it. And I think that there is merit to him developing that part of his game. I just don't think like you start getting into areas where he's on the power play or, or certainly looking for shooting opportunities, and oftentimes the areas where he would normally be if he was actually using his best attribute, he's actually seemed like he shied away from because he's focusing on other areas of his game. So I feel like Veselainen does have potential to be a, a really good forward. I just don't know if this is maybe the kind of role that I envision for him. He's shown some improvement, uh, and certainly there are elements of his game that I think are going to naturally translate, but I just really want to see him shoot more often and actually get into good shooting positions. If he can start to open up and find opportunities with line mates who think like he does or maybe can at least sauce him a bit more, I think he'll have a pretty good NHL career. The other thing that I'm a little bit hesitant on is, you know, Cole Perfetti's handling so far for me. It's just a little bit odd. I know that Perfetti is probably labeled for top six moose duty. Uh, I mean, he looks like he's easily AHL ready. He'll probably torch the AHL next season if he goes there. But I just feel like in light of where the Jets are and what they need to do, I would rather them honestly go for it and, and try to see if Perfetti can hang around with the big club this year, at least for a few games. You don't have to burn his full ELC, but if you think that you have a shot and that he could be a major player in a scoring role, 
then give him a shot. You know, let him let him do what he can do. Every time he's touched the puck on the ice, it just feels like there's some kind of magical play about to happen. And let's be honest, Winnipeg's window for winning a, a cup, it's basically over already, but the Jets can still scrounge out something with his team. And Perfetti would be a major internal boost. I, I know that there are folks who will say, well, you can't rush him. You need to develop him properly and make sure that he's sheltered. Or, alternatively, you know, Maurice isn't going to use him. He's only going to get a few minutes a night. So, on both sides of the argument, I do see valid points. And, and certainly, I, I think that there's merit to those arguments. But I think the long run is, Perfetti's just too darn good to be sitting in the AHL. I think he's kind of gotten to the point where he might actually be ready for real-time NHL duty. And the only way that you're going to find that out is if you give him those minutes. I know that the preseason competition hasn't exactly been stiff, but he's kind of carving them up. So maybe give him a little bit more of a harder challenge and see if he's ready to take the next step. He's got a lethal release. He can help on the power play. At even strength, he's been a menace. He just seemingly does it all. And he's not afraid to, you know, grind along the walls. He's got defensive responsibility. He's a super smart kid. And he's like this injection of ultra elite skill that the Jets quite honestly need. I think he could be a huge addition for this team. And guess what? He kind of comes free. The only risk that you run is if you burn his contract year. But hey, if things don't turn out, it does make his subsequent negotiation a little bit less expensive. Somehow, though, I think he's going to hit the ground running, and I think he's going to go in real style. This kid has so much skill. He's got passing and vision for days, and I think he's got the shot to match it, too. So let's get Perfetti some NHL game time and see what he can do. The last slightly eyebrow-raising thing is maybe just how much Jonathan Kovacevic and Logan Stanley are playing together. I actually feel like this pairing doesn't really fit um, you know, both players are actually similar in certain areas. Both are kind of bigger, maybe you could say slightly stay-at-home D. I think both obviously are very mobile and can shoot, but they're not mobile in the way that a lot of smaller, more agile players require. You know, if you're facing off against Nikita Kucherov or some of these other forwards, maybe like a Braden Point, right? You need to be quick and agile, and I don't think either of these guys together quite match that profile. But if you split them apart and maybe give them pairing partners who are more suitable to their uh, compliments, right? I think it would actually work out a lot better. As it is, I mean, the pairing is done pretty well. You know, Stanley's doing well with his minutes. I think his shooting is, is smarter. He's approaching the face-off circles a little bit more frequently. He's dropping low. I like his offensive activations. Defensively, he's still kind of the same as he was last year, but, hey, you know, it's not terrible. Um, and then Kovacevic looks fine, too. He makes clean, simple reads. He can, you know, get the puck out when he needs to makes quality zone exits. So uh, both guys, I think, have real value as NHLers. I just think they're better apart than they are together. Kovacevic isn't really threatening for an NHL job right now, but down the road, I could see him making this team once they want to cycle in like a cheaper right-handed D. But for the time being, it's going to be Stanley and whoever else they put on the third pairing. Those are like the only things that maybe leave a few lingering questions so far. Now it's time to move on to the good stuff and, and what I think is honestly reason for optimism. Before we go ahead though, I thought I would tell you a little bit about why rockauto.com should be the only place you buy your auto parts. Before we go any further, I thought you should hear about why rockauto.com is the best place to buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need and you find out they don't even have it in stock. 
If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle and then set a price range filter so you'll always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hello friends, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. As always, thanks for making us your first listen of the day. On tonight's show, we've talked a little bit about what I've noticed throughout the preseason for the Jets. Uh, just a couple of games in so far, and I thought that there were some some bad things, some mediocre things, and some things that I'm pretty excited about. I've talked about the crappy stuff first, now it's time to talk about what I'm really happy about. And I have to say, off the bat, I feel like Winnipeg's aggression in general has been really noticeable. We've seen a lot of defenders jumping into the rush. Nate Schmidt is handling the puck a lot and doing a lot of offensive little tricks that we like to see. Certainly stuff that Winnipeg doesn't have a lot of, at least in previous years. Brendan Dillon looks like a beast in defense and in transition defense. I mean, this guy is just rock solid. I feel like he'll be an ideal stabilizing partner. But I think the biggest surprise for me has really been uh, the, the bottom six. This was where the Jets, frankly, lost a lot of value in Mason Appleton and some of the other guys that they've let go. You know, there were a couple of free agents who might have been vying for spots here, but the guys that they've brought in, quite honestly, have blown me away. Evgeny Svechnikov looks great. I think that he's a real NHLer. He looks like a phenomenal third-line ad. I feel like he brings enough scoring punch to offset any sort of defensive deficiencies, and he's just a really smart attacker. For the price of a PTO linked to a longer-term deal, if in fact he pans out, you know, you really can't go wrong with that, and it looks like he'll be signing that contract very soon. It's hard to imagine that he won't get it anyways. Uh, aside from that, I also have to say Cole Perfetti again. He just looks like he's primed for NHL duty, anywhere in the lineup that they can get him in. I would like to see him get lots of minutes, but of course that's probably not going to happen, and certainly not this year. So I'm sure he'll go back to the moose, but already he looks great. The other player that I thought really showed off that he is still somebody Winnipeg should be factoring in is Jansen Harkins, who had a really good showing over the past couple of games. The last game in particular where he had two goals, I thought Harkins looked marvelous, and it's when you give him skill that he really shines at his best. He's not somebody that you know, single-handedly elevates a line the way Perfetti can. But when he's actually given somebody who will find him in good spaces and allow him to do his really high-skill game, Harkins is kind of awesome. He's probably not going to be like a 30-goal scorer, but if you're looking for like, you know, 30, you know, 25 or 30 points a season from a guy who might capably eat third-line minutes, yeah, I mean, Harkins kind of checks off all the boxes you're looking for. He's got size, he's got skill, he's got, you know, industry and hard work. There's a lot to like in what he brings. I also thought Riley Nash actually looked pretty decent in the first game that he played. He had a nice shorthanded chance. He's had some really strong defensive reads, a couple of down low looks that I thought were actually pretty dangerous. He just looks like a savvy veteran. I thought his defensive marking, you know, in both ends of the ice was very good. He was heading off early plays. He was using his physicality and smarts to try and get into uh, shooting and passing lanes early. He just looks like a quality, you know, fourth line addition. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Nash down the middle, especially over some of the guys we've had there previously. The other guy fighting for a fourth line spot is going to be Dominic Toninato, and I thought he had a nice showing as well in his first game. I thought his defensive reads, the forced turnovers, 
All that stuff, just exactly what you want to see from somebody who's probably going to be playing a more defensive role. Tanonado definitely has hands, and he actually brings a decent amount of skill married to strong physique and, and certainly um, a really high work ethic, but if you're looking for like a strong two-way forward who can anchor like your fourth-line minutes, Tanonado is really not that bad of a choice. And so it just gives me a lot of excitement to see the Jets finally having some really good bottom six depth. The past couple of years, their, their third and fourth lines, for me, haven't really been clicking all that much. Now they can kind of move guys around and have a lot more flexibility. Veselainen, Toninato, Perfetti, Zvechnikov, Nash, on top of their already existing options. I mean, it just gives the Jets a lot more tactical versatility, and I'm excited to see what they do with it. I don't always see eye-to-eye with Maurice on certain lineup decisions, but certainly this has the opportunity to be a really good year for the Jets, and quite honestly, I think we're going to see some pretty fun teams. So let's hope that the Jets give us exactly what I'm asking for, which is fun hockey, Uh, certainly a little more defensively responsible this year, if for nothing else, just to give Hellebuck a rest. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So let me know what you're excited about with the upcoming Winnipeg season at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's podcast, that is going to do it. It is, however, time for your second listen of the day. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.